Hello, welcome to You Don't Know Mojack. My name is Ryan. My name is Brent. In this episode, we're discussing SST67, the Slovenly album, Thinking of Empire. And we just took a break for a few weeks, and I can't think of a better record to come back on um, that represents SST, because when I think of, you know, a lot of the art that SST put out, some of the stuff that, you know, maybe no one else would put out, much less four albums worth of a band, Slovenly is uh, a band that comes to mind. I like them a lot, um, and uh, really looking forward to getting into them for the first time, Brent. Yeah, me too. As I said right off the top, we did take a bit of a break. Usually we have a couple of spiels off the top, but uh, since we took a break, I don't want us to have too many spiels because I'm, I'm hoping that we get to do our top 10 of 2018 this episode. Yeah. So why don't you uh, walk us through our spiels, but keep us disciplined. Okay, well, the one thing I have is one of our listeners, Evan Jacobs, sent over a documentary that he made called Orange County Hardcore Scenester. And uh, I sent it over to you. Did, it, did you get a chance to check it out? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's, and that's, that stuff is uh, from the 90s. That's right up my alley. Yeah, it's, so it's the OC Hardcore Scene 90 to 97. Totally not up my alley. I mean, well, okay, let me rephrase that. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not familiar with any of those bands. The only band I think that he even mentioned that I know is like Gorilla Biscuits, who are not an OC band. No, but they're from that era with Revelation Records and stuff like that. And it's funny, you sent that around um, like the middle of December to me. Right. That, that was right around, I don't know if you remember me telling you this, I went to go see this band called Ignite. Oh, yeah. And... Uh, you want to talk Orange County Hardcore from the 90s, uh, they're on very high up on my list. I've been waiting since like 1995 to see them when they put out their record Call on My Brothers, and I finally, finally got to see them, and it was insane. Awesome. Well, I was trying to think if I even own anything on like Revelation or Victory Records. Are that is that kind of the same label, or is it a totally different no, thing? No. No, no. Re Revelation and Victory are different. Re uh, Victory had a lot more. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I might get I might get some negative press for saying this, but a lot of the thug kind of macho straight edge stuff. There was a bit more on Victory. Revelation had a bit more emo sounding stuff. I guess I'm really overgeneralizing. Right. Well, anyways, the only band I could think of that I own anything by that is on, I think victory but don't quote me it's one of the two bands or one of those two labels is electric frankenstein who are like what? not something i would associate with with either of those labels no but i'm pretty sure i have something that they put out on on one of them yeah well i was i mean one of my very first bands like when i was a young teenager was uh you know modeled kind of well i shouldn't say modeled in um influenced inspired by that scene very heavily and uh and and new york hardcore in particular and so bands like far side uh instead uh i mentioned ignite uh but four four one one four eleven um they were they were huge for me as a kid coming up uh, into the punk scene for sure i definitely got into that stuff so i was happy you sent it along it's a good one yeah i didn't i don't really know any of the bands uh, so 
Evan, the guy who made it, was in a band called Ice. Do you know them? I did not. I'm going to check them out, though. Yeah. So the thing I liked about the documentary is almost all of the footage was shot on VHS. And although, like, I didn't... I was really not involved in this scene at all, or the one you were kind of in, a lot of the footage was shot in the 90s on a VHS tape, and it definitely reminded me of going to all-ages shows in that era. Oh, yeah. Just watching that footage, you know? Yeah, for sure. And some of the bands that I liked, I that I wrote down, I was kind of keeping a list as I watched it of some of the bands I wanted to maybe check out more, were uh, Instead, who were clearly like one of the bigger bands. I think they ended up on Epitaph. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. Uh, Head First, I really liked. They were, no surprise, the stuff I liked had a little bit more of a crossover sound almost. Yeah. Like Head First definitely had some metal influences. There's, you know, a lot of those bands, um, some of the, especially the really fast ones, were really, really, you know, definitely had some thrash and metal in their music for sure. Yeah. Reason to Believe is another band I, I wrote down that I liked. Trigger Man, Into Another. I think they were maybe a bit bigger. Yeah, band. they were pretty big. Yeah. Like Ice, I never checked out. Um, but, uh, I mean, there are still tons and tons of bands from that era that I'm I'm still discovering because again like back then you you heard about bands through zines or on the backs like thank you lists and stuff like that and so there are tons that I never ever heard about so yeah. and I saw some more in this in this documentary it's very cool well I'm sorry I don't have a web address handy with me right now but I'm sure if you google search Orange County hardcore scenester you'll you'll find it there's an IMDb page too. I checked it out for oh, okay. that documentary. Yeah. Cool. He's made a few other ones too. And uh, another thing I should mention is another one of our listeners, Jeff Kaplan, sent along a, a Bandcamp link to his band, Too Many Voices. Did you, did you get a chance to check that out? Oh, heck yeah. I really liked it. It's good, hey? Yeah, it it's really good. You mentioned, or I can't remember whether you mentioned it in the email that you sent it to me, but that they, they do a cover of that song by by Three, Swan Street. And I mean, you probably would have guessed that I'm a fan of Three, and that's like one of their best songs. But that's not all. Like, too many voices are actually, they're pretty darn good. And so I went, I went and listened to basically everything that they had up for free on the web. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, Jeff plays bass in the band. They're from New York. Definitely have a New York hardcore influence. Uh, Catch Me If You Can is the new album. It came out this year. Uh, I thought it was very well recorded, kind of really punchy sounding melodic hardcore. Um, there was a couple standout tracks for me. Head and Heart was one I really liked. It kind of reminded me of that Vic Bondi, Jay Robbins band, Report Suspicious Activity at times okay yeah i can see that yeah i liked it everyone should check that out too many voices is the name of the band what do you have for a spiel ryan you know what um i was actually just going to mention that uh there are there are two new documentaries up on tv that i watched that were um kind of interesting there's a there's a gg allen documentary on hbo now Oh, or, I, uh, I saw an ad for that or something. I saw or something Crate. about that somewhere. Is it 
it's his mom and Merle Allen doing it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah pretty much. There's that one. And then there's a, uh, an agnostic front one called Godfathers of Hardcore. Yeah. I've seen a few things about that too. Is the G so is this on the HBO streaming thing? It's, uh, I can't even tell anymore. I can't search my TV at all anymore. They changed it all up. It's crazy, but it's like on demand. Right. If that's what you mean. Yeah. And you watched both of those? Yeah. Yeah. And? Uh, I'm not, I never have and never will be a fan of Gigi Allen. It's more of just a, uh, probably an oddity, I guess, that a bit of an interest there. Yeah. So it was, um, you know, it was interesting, but I'm just not a fan. I, I suspect you might be a little bit. Uh, I've never even mentioned it to you before. The Agnostic Front one, I am also not a huge fan of them. I, I have some of their records, but I became a bigger fan after watching that show. And I'm going to go and check out a lot of their records that I've never even paid attention to. Oh, well, that's then it must be a good documentary. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't really know New York hardcore at all. I mean, I know... The, the basics about it and the big bands and the big albums and stuff but it's not something I've ever listened to a ton Gigi Allen I have listened to a bunch I, I used betcha to, and I mean there's actually some really good stuff for me in particular the early stuff was I think the album's called was is and always shall be or something like that it's his first album before he got really stupid like with you know trying to be outrageous and it's it's a pretty good album yeah, so I don't know. I thought I would just mention that. I bet you anyone who's got a cable subscription can check out those two right now. So go for it. Right on. Hey, Ryan, let's do our top 10 of 2018. I've been really looking forward to, to getting into this and hearing what you picked. Yeah, me too. I, I, I was going through this and I was remembering about how you and I had the same number three in our top 10 last year. And I'm curious to see whether we've got any overlap this year. So am I. I bet we don't, but we'll see. Did, did you put yours in order? They are in a pseudo order. My my probably my top five is my top five. Okay, I'm about the same. Okay. Do you want to start with start us off with your number ten pick? Sure. It's an album called Sea Magnolia by a band called Barefoot Beware. Oh. And uh, they're from Leeds. They're uh, this record came out on Superstar Destroyer Records, and they've got kind of uh, old school Discord noise rock and kind of the best uh elements of at the drive-in type sound and also a liberal amount of woodblock in their music so <laughs> check them check them out cool i've never heard of it i'll write that down and check it out some homework what about your uh, my number 10 is the new one from the bevis frond we're your friends man came out on fire records uh for anybody who doesn't know who the Bevis Frond is, it's basically a one-man band, Nick Solomon, although he has a rhythm section that he's had for quite some time now. Uh, he's done it again. If there's any Dinosaur Jr. fans out there, like, you would love the Bevis Frond. This one's a little bit mellower, like his, his later stuff has been, like his last few albums, Example 22 and White Numbers. It's pretty laid back, but it's still got some insane guitar playing on it. Right on. Am I up next? Are we going to alternate? Yeah, we're going to alternate. What's your number nine? All right. Number nine. I've got, I think I have two that were recommends from you. And here's the first one. Okay. Um, 
uh, Masthetics, self-titled record. Uh-huh. Uh, that is uh, on Discord. It's Brendan Canty and Joe Lally from um, Fugazi, of course. And then Anthony Parag. Parag. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce his name, but um, I got really deep into that record. It's, it's a all good instrument, instrumental, prog. It's just great to put on, and uh, I listen to it a ton. Yeah, he's a great guitar player. Oh, man. Insane. And uh, really cool, like different stuff every song yeah my number nine was uh by this guy israel nash you ever heard of him never okay so he used to be known by his full name he put a few number uh albums out under israel nash gripka he's dropped the gripka and he's just israel nash now the album's called lifted it's just an amazing album it's probably got the song of the year for me the song called lucky ones if you're a fan of like I don't know, Kurt Vile, you know, it. Father John Misty gets a lot of credit for being like, I, I don't get Father John Misty, I don't know why people like him so much. To me, Israel Nash should be like the biggest indie rock star on the planet right now. Hmm. Yeah. I'm going to check that out. Neil Young-esque, very good, it's called Lifted. Cool. My number eight is a record called Join the Outsiders by Dave Smalley and the Bandoleros. That's, um, you might recall that Down by Law put out a record this year called right. All In. Yep. I like this record by Dave Smalley and the Bandoleros better. Hmm. And uh, it's out on Little Rocket Records. It's him and some Spanish and Argentinian guys. I guess the reason I like it is... It sounds like a Dave Smalley record, but it's a little heavier, and it kind of reminds me of Dag Nasty stuff, kind of like the the record he put out last year by that band called Don't Sleep. It sounds right. a little bit more like that than the Down by Law record. So That Don't Sleep made I, your top 10 too, didn't it? I'm not sure if it made my top 10 last year. I think it came close, Yeah, but um, I don't know. I'm a diehard Dave Smalley fan, always will be. Okay, my number eight was the Sleep album, The Sciences. Came out on Third Man Records. Very, I don't know, to me, Lysol-esque. It's almost universally praised as a killer comeback album for the band. And it definitely is. It's their first one since 1998. And it's a great one. If you're looking so, for something heavy and and uh, Sabbath-y, it's, it's a good one. Now, everyone might not know what Lysol-esque is, though. Brand. Oh, that's Melvin's. That's a Melvin's reference. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. All right. Number seven for me is by a band called Sewing Needle. And it's a, a record called User Error. And uh, they're banned from Chicago. And it's uh, like a kind of noise rock uh, band. It's I think this one is produced by Carl Saff as well, who used to be in Pencil and is uh, kind of related to Biggin, who put out a, a record this year as well. So it's right up my alley for the noise rock stuff. Sewing Needle, awesome. Right on. I'll check that out. Haven't heard it. My number seven is related to Sleep. It's an album uh, by a band called High on Fire. And the album's called Electric Messiah. It's their eighth full-length album. It's got some amazing artwork by this dude I really like called Skinner. Just a wicked artist. 
Uh, Matt Pike, Ryan, is the uh, guitar player and singer in High on Fire, and he's also the guitarist in Sleep. So he's he put out two albums this year that just kicked total ass. And uh, do you know who the Electric Messiah is? I don't. Please, please tell. Pretty sure it's Lemmy. <laughs> <laughs> I was reading the lyrics, and uh, I'm pretty sure it's Lemmy. Wow, cool. Yeah, it's a great album. They, uh, to me, High on Fire are probably the best metal band on the planet right now. Cool. All right. Uh, number six for me is the new album by The Damned, Evil Spirits. Um, need I say more? It's just awesome. Yeah. I won't comment on that because it made my list too. Uh-oh. I knew it. Number six for me, Ryan, I'm curious if this if you heard this one. Did you hear the, the band Shame? The album's called Songs of Praise? No. Do you know that, that record? It's on oh. that label, Dead Oceans. N- not a label I check out too often. This album, though, and it made a few lists that I saw too. It is super killer. It's the debut album by this South London band called Shame. I'm almost certain you would really like it. It's got, I know the term post-punk is kind of overused right now. Totally. But, but they're a post-punk band. But they, they're all over the place. At times they sound like Swans, other times they sound like a Brit rock band, like Suede or something like that. It's mm. great though. I'm sure you would like it. Shame, okay. songs of praise. Check it out. I'm on it. Uh, that was your number six, right? Yep. Okay, my number five is another recommend by you. It's the uh, the Casanovas in Heat record, Sex Appeal. It's a good one. Oh, just. Love it when you when you recommended it and described it to me. It's it does it does everything you said it would. I went I went back and uh, found all their singles too, and uh, I like their singles even better. Oh yeah. Um, the the LP it gets a little a little repetitive. The singles break it up a little bit. They you know four four tracks and they kind of have to be a little bit more diverse in a shorter amount of time, but. Um, for anyone who likes Moving Targets, Naked Raygun, Husker Du, Mission of Burma, Casanova's in Heat. Awesome. Yeah. They're split up now, hey? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that record, okay, well, here's the thing. That record was recorded in 2015 and was not released until this year. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay, my number five. I'm curious if you heard this album, too, because you will like this one. Uh, the band's called Idols. Do you know them? You know, I have read about them, and I think I've checked them out, but it hasn't grabbed me. Tell me more. Okay, so it's spelled I-D-L-E-S. Yep. And the new album's called Joy as an Act of Resistance. It's their second album. Uh, their first one was uh, came out in 2017. It's called Brutalism. Very exciting new band. They're on this record label called Partisan Records. Uh, I had made a bunch of lists this year that I saw too, and justifiably so. It's just a kick-ass album. Just, you know, it's, I, I would just call it punk rock. It's really great. Okay, Check, yeah, check this album you. out, Ryan. You, you'll like it. I guarantee it. Okay. It sounds like I'm going to like more off your top 10 this year than I did last year. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> My number four, Mudhoney, Digital Garbage. Hmm. Um, again, kind of like the damned, 
I don't really need to say anything about Mudhoney other than I just thought this was a killer record start to finish, very topical, very current. Um, Mudhoney, you're still relevant. It's an awesome record. Yeah, it kind of pissed me off. I, I read a bunch of reviews for the album, and a lot of reviewers kind of like shit on them for the lyrical content and, you know, kind of saying they're too old to to have such relevant lyrics. And it's, I, I don't understand that. Like, That's why I liked it, actually. Yeah, me too. I, was listening to, I was listening to the lyrics and I'm like, damn, Mark Arm is killing it. Yeah, That's the lyrics are awesome. Yeah, yep. exactly. Yeah. Oh, well, screw, screw the critics. Yeah. Uh, my number four was Voivod, The Wake. <laughs> 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 oh i i kind of knew it yeah. can you remind me the band mem- band member names again in that band what are they again uh well you've got snake on vocals yeah away on drums that's kind of the that's, the two dudes that's the one i love away yeah. the new the new bass player is called uh, uh what's his name rocky i think and uh the the new guitar player is chewy Daniel Mongrain, he definitely earns his spot in the band as Piggy's replacement on this album. And uh, <laughs> it's a double album, it's a concept album, it's got eight long songs on it, and uh, there's like 12 minutes epics on it. They are officially a prog rock band now. It's just such a kick-ass album. And it's one of those albums that is super challenging to listen to. Hmm. So but in a, the, but in a good way. What's the Voivod album that I have that everyone has? Nothing Face. Right. So is it anything like that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. It's very proggy. Okay. Hmm. I think I think I've I think I used to like that one. I'll have to check it out. Yeah. All right. Uh, number three for me. This uh, this one probably won't be a surprise for you either. The new Hot Snakes record, Jericho Sirens. Yep. I th- I thought that this was just like another, like just like Mud Honey, an awesome come not a, not even a comeback album, more of a comeback album, I guess, for Hot Snakes. But I mean, it's just like dudes who just know how to do it and they kill it every record. So this new record by Hot Snakes is awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Does that mean Obits are broke up now? It seems as though they are. Yep. Because that would be a shame. Yeah, I like them too. I like anything that Rick Froberg is in. Yeah, me too. And and John Reese, for that matter, Swami yeah. John. Yeah. I pretty much like everything that both of those guys are in. Yeah. Uh, my number three is one of my favorite bands ever of all time, Judas Priest. Firepower is the name of the album. It's their second album with their new guitarist Richie Faulkner. Maybe their last album, because Glenn Tipton, one of the original members, has Parkinson's disease and is kind of stepping down from touring. It's just an amazing album. It's their best album since Painkiller, which came out in like 89 or something like that. It's got lots of deep cuts on it. It's produced by Tom Alam, who did everything they did from like Unleashed in the East to Ram It Down in 88. So all their classic albums were done by Tom Alam. It's just got... Tons of kick-ass Judas Priest songs on it. It's really great. Wow. I can't. I didn't even know they had a record out this year. Yeah, it's awesome. Can you believe I didn't know that? Yeah, I can believe that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, my number two. 
uh, I think I mentioned this on an episode, actually, the new Super Chunk record. Right. What a time! What a time to be alive! Another one by uh, Mac and Crew. Uh, it's awesome and kind of like the Mud Honey record, very topical lyrics and um, just a great punk record. Awesome, and it's a great rock record too. Speaking of great punk slash rock records, my number two is The Damned Evil Spirits. Just to oh. Just to expand on what you said, I wrote down some notes. It's their 11th studio album. It's pr- produced by Tony Visconti. Uh, Paul Gray's back in the band on bass, who played on the Black Album and Strawberries. For me, the, the opening track, Standing on the Edge of Tomorrow, is as good as anything they've probably ever done. Uh, the ca- captain's guitar playing reminds you of how underrated he is. But for me, the real star of this album, well, not the star, but... Monty Oxymoron really shines their keyboard player on this album. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's it's just awesome. It's a great album. All right, well, we've got one overlap. I bet you this is going to be... That's probably going to be the only one, I bet you. Yep. Um, so my, my number one record of 2018 is a record called When All the Shit Hits All the Fans by The Hand. And uh, I've mentioned them before. It's uh, Zach Sally from Low, uh, Dale Flottam from Steel Pole Bathtub, and Sean Walker from Gay Witch Abortion. Right. They're, you know, kind of a Minneapolis supergroup. Even the album title is kind of a uh, a nod to a very famous Minneapolis, uh, I guess, bootleg album from The Replacements. But the hand just play, they play everything that I like about noise rock um, perfectly for me. And it's also all recorded very live and uh, it sounds that way. And it it always sounds like just on the edge of, of kind of just like destructing. And so I don't know. And the vocals are killer. It's great. And I know I seem to recall you liked uh, steel pole bathtub way back when I did and do. Yep. Yeah, so, I, I mean, I, I think I've mentioned these guys before, but... Yeah, I, oh, I did check them out when you mentioned them, and I did like it, yeah. Yeah. That's a great oh, album I, title, too. It is. I, I highly recommend it. Anyways, your number one. My number one, Ryan, is by a, a band that I've been into for quite some time now, and I'm not sure we've ever discussed them. Uh, they've become one of my favorite bands, especially after this album, so I'm curious if I've ever mentioned them to you or if you know them. Uh, The band's called the Manic Street Preachers. I know the name. Yeah. Yeah. So this album's called Resistance is Futile. I just couldn't get enough of this album. I listened to it probably more than any album I've listened to that's like a new album in the last three, four years. Their albums are like always good, but about every fifth album or so is just totally amazing. And, And I mean, they've been around since the... I think like the eighties, late eighties. They're a Welsh, yeah, they're a Welsh band. Like they headline stadiums in the UK and have huge, like number one albums with, you know, hit singles and stuff. But I I don't even think they tour in North America, which is, it's a shame. Um, But it's just such an amazing album. Every song on it is just a total earworm. It's not for everybody, but uh, I just love it. I you know I've never checked them out. I've always read about them because they're they're in a lot of press. Like I've I read a lot of magazines just like you do. Yeah. 
And I've always kind of written them off as some sort of like, you know, popular UK band, which that I wouldn't like. So I'll, uh, I'll check them out. Yeah. Well, that's cool. That was a good year for good oh, year man. for music. But there's probably more, right? I have some runners up. Can I just quickly run them down for you? I have some honorable mentions as well. Okay. I'll go first. Okay. Negative Self, Control the Fear. Negative Self, I might have mentioned before, this is their second album. If you were a fan of suicidal tendencies, like How Will I Laugh Tomorrow If I Can't Even Smile Today era, you will love Negative Self. They are, they do, like, they are what the Hanson Brothers are to the Ramones. Yeah. That's what Negative Self are to suicidal tendencies. <laughs> uh, All right. Goat Man, Rhythms. Goat Man is in the band Goat kind of like a psychedelic world band. It's really great stuff. Like world music. Okay. But like with a psychedelic punk rock edge to it. Cabbage. Nihilistic glamour shots. Do you know the band Cabbage, Ryan? No. I you, like the name. You gotta check them out. They are like uh they could have been should have been on alternative tentacles. They they sound like I don't know, Alice Donut esque with a with a little Ooh. bit of like crust punk lyrics but they're not a crust punk band you you would like them i'm sure cabbage all right all right creation factory this is a self-titled album on this lollipop records it's a the dudes that are in a band called mystic braves who also put out a great album this year called the great under great unknown and they're like a total 60s throwback in the best way like birds stones really great uh wake Misery Rights, if you're in, I know you're not, Ryan, but if anybody out there is in the room, in the market for some really well-produced grindcore, Wake. <laughs> <laughs> Wake is the band. They're Canadian, too. Magpie Salute, High Water One. Magpie S Salute is the new band from Rich Robinson of the Black Crows. Really good. Oh, really? What does that sound like? Uh, it sounds like the Black Crows. Does, does he sing? No, he's got a singer. Uh, John Hogg is the guy's name. They had a they had okay. a band the first time the Black Crows broke up. He had they had a band together called Hookah Brown. He's a good singer. Okay. Yeah. Uh the Love Sores, Gods of Ancient Greece. And Greece is spelled G R E A S E. Scott Deluxe Drake from the Humpers. Okay. Yeah, really good stuff. Uh a band I bet you like, Ryan, Invasives from Victoria. They have, they have a new album yeah. called Just Another Under the Sun. Really great. Yeah, I didn't know they had a new record out. I they're a band that I should like, but I have had a hard time with the vocals. Okay. Yeah, well, he's definitely channeling some Getty Lee. Yeah. I might have to skip some here, man. I've got a really long list. I'll just keep oh, going. Oh, my list, my list is really short. Okay. Morlocks, Bring on the Mesmeric Condition. Really good garage rock. You're going to laugh when I say this, Ryan, but you, you're going to have to check this album out. Monster Magnet, Mindfucker is the name of the album. Do you like Monster Magnet? I know what it is. It's kind of like stoner rock, right? Mm, don't write it off as stoner rock. Let me ask you this. I recommended to you when we were record shopping one day uh, a Zen Gorilla album. Yes. Did, did you like it? Yes. Then you will like this album. If you like okay. if you like Mud Honey, The Stooges, and Zen Gorilla, you have to check out Monster Magnet's Mindfucker. Okay. Yeah. My buddy Graham will have that record. I'll borrow it off him. It's really good. Almost made my top hey. 10. 
Uh, Asteroid Number Four. The album's called Collide. It's really good. Uh, uh, almost like Beechwood Sparks esque country psychedelic rock. A uh, Sandrider. The album's called Armada. They, the Sandrider are some dudes that used to be in a band called Akimbo that had some albums on Al- Alternative Tentacles and Neurot Records. It's really good stuff. Michael Ralt. Here's a here's a few Canadian things. Michael Ralt. Do you know who he is? Ryan from Edmonton? No. No. So he's got an album uh, called It's a New Day. It's on that Wick Records, which is like the new garage rock imprint of Daptone. Yep, I know that one. It's really good. It's T-Rex-esque. Really good. Preoccupations from Calgary. They have a new album called New Material. One or some of the band, band members used to be in a band called Women, and then they were called Viet Cong for a while, and then changed their name to Preoccupations. This is their second one under that band name, and it's really good. Uh, pretty famous Canadian band Sloan has a new album called 12 that's really good. DOA's new album, Fight Back, is worth listening to. Uh, I put Mesthetics in there. Uh, here's one I thought was going to be in your top 10, Ryan. Kamasi Washington, Heaven and Earth. Uh, you know, I really like that record, but it's not in the top 10. Yeah, same. Gutter Cats, this Swedish band on Beluga Records. The album's called Follow Your Instinct. Very Nomads-esque. Really good. What's it called? Gutter Cats is the band. Follow Your Instinct is the album. Okay. Uh, Anywhere. Anywhere 2. Do you know that one? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it's Christian from the band Triclops. Um, It's got Mike Watt. Cedric Bixler Zavala is on it. It's really good. Yeah. I like me some Anywhere. I've got, uh, that's Anywhere too. They've yeah. got a full length, but they also have a couple of singles and a 12-inch, and I've got them all. I like them all. Yeah, it's really good. An album that I'm not going to recommend to you, Ryan, but I'll recommend to any metalheads out there is the new UDO album, Udo Dirk Schneider. Former lead singer of Accept has a great new, just kick-ass album called Steel Factory. And then I just wrote down a couple singles I really liked. The Loons, Mike Stax's band from Ugly Things Magazine. They have a great new single. Uh, Pat Todd and the Rank Outsiders. You know, Ryan, that the Lazy oh, yeah. Cowgirls are one of my all-time favorite bands. He has a new single called Took a Wrong Turn on Wild Honey Records. It's really great. And a recommend for you, Ryan, Shogun in the Sheets. Did you hear that single? No. So Shogun is the front man from Royal Headache, who split up, and he has a new single. Oh, right on. Yeah. Band's called Shogun in the Sheets. It's really good. I'd be into that. What do you have? I got a few honorable mentions. Do Is there time? Is there time? Yeah. I, <laughs> I just flipped the page, and I, I forgot. I had also written down everything that was released this year that's SST-related, but I'll I'll do that real quick. Okay, well, I'll uh, I'll end with some honorable mentions that are SST related as a segue. Okay, I guess I really only have three other ones that I want. Well, maybe four. Um, there's a, a record by a band called Sperm Donor called Slight Coincidence. I really liked a band called Heads put out a record called Collider, which I really liked. Head, um, not the not the psychedelic rock band Heads. Uh, I don't know. It's heads and it has a period at the end of the name heads. Hmm. I would call, I would call this, I wouldn't call this psychedelic at all. Okay. 
I would call this kind of heavy, slow, um, melodic Melvin's noise rock stuff. Okay, different heads. They're from these guys are from Germany. Heads. Okay, the heads I'm thinking of, I think split up. So, okay, um, another noise rock uh, record that I really liked that was on everyone's uh, top tens and a bunch of lists that I follow. Uh, Tongue Party, looking mm-hmm. for a painful death. That was a really good record. I really like the new Red Hair record. Yeah, it's good. Little Acts of Destruction. And uh, I mentioned it during my top 10, but this band called Biggin came back and put out a, a record this year. And uh, it's really kick-ass as well. Um, and then I'll just mention in terms of a segue, I mentioned that Down By Law put out a new record called All In. It's really good. Doesn't make my top 10, but it's really good. And then uh, I bet you this is on your list, Brant, but um, have you heard of that band Porcupine that Greg Norton is playing with now? Yeah, it's on my list. The album's really good. Yeah, it's a great, well, it's a 12-inch, and uh, it's Casey Verrock's band, and Porcupine's been around for a while. I've been a fan for a long time, and uh, with Greg Norton in the band, it's, it's even better. But um, so those are my my two quick SST references or relations. Why don't you uh, rattle off your list? Yeah. So the porcupine is on my list. It's called What You've Heard Isn't Real. If anybody wants to Google that. Uh, Let's see here. Buffalo Tom released a new album this year called Quiet and Peace. Lou Barlow has a seven inch called Love Intervene. Jay Maskus has a solo album that... I think we mentioned on maybe our last episode called Elastic yep. Days. But he also it's made awesome. Yeah, it's really good. He also made a number of guest appearances though. He played on this album by a band called Vitamin X. They have an album on Southern Lord Records. It's really good hardcore. The album's called Age of Paranoia. He plays on a track called Flip the Switch. He also plays on the new fucked up album called Dose Your Dreams on a track called Came Down Wrong. And he also plays on an album you might like, Ryan. Uh, they're called Weakened Friends, and uh, okay. the album's called Common Blah. It's on this label, Don Giovanni Records. Very '90s uh, indie rock sounding, especially with Jay on on the on that track. What are you saying? Are you saying I'm like '90s indie rock guy or something? I think I think you you're rather partial to some of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Yawning Man, anybody who doesn't know who they are, they formed in 86 and they basically changed their name to the Sword of Quartet. They also had members in Fatso Jetson and various bands that Gin was was in and out of. They have a new album called The Revolt Against Tired Noises. Great name. Yeah, yeah, it is good. Body Head has a new album. That's Kim Gordon from Sonic Youth and Bill Nace. It's this experimental duo they have an album called the switch uh anywhere too i mentioned already the watt and pettibone thing sock tight i think we've talked about that yep uh worm exhumed we've talked a bunch about on our last episode we've also mentioned these next few i think the trotsky ice pick digital single uh danny and the doorknobs which correct me if i'm wrong ryan are are they the same band as trotsky ice ice pick very closely related if not the same members um i'm pretty sure that uh danny and the doorknobs put out a record 
and Trotsky Ice Pick either re-recorded it or it was re-released under the Trotsky Ice Pick name eventually. Okay. Uh, well, they have a seven-inch called Birthday Wishes under the name Danny and the Doorknobs. The Saccharin Trust Live CD, which was a benefit for uh, their bassist Chris Stein, who unfortunately passed away, I think we mentioned yep. on our last episode or maybe the one before that. Joe Biza put out a cassette release this year that's very limited. It's a free free jazz thing called Two Duos. Bob Mould released a, uh, a track called Sunshine Rock off an album of the same name, which is coming out on February 8th, which I really liked. I don't know if you listened to it, Ryan. Yeah, I haven't listened to it a ton. I always kind of wait for 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 musicians and bands where I'm like a lifer. Yeah. I uh, I wait for the whole record. And I've kind of done that for Bob this time around as well. I've done it for the previous three or four records with him. And, and I really like just taking, setting aside time to listen to the whole record once I get it. Yeah. Uh, Flesh Eaters have a single off of their upcoming album called I Used to Be Pretty on Yep Ruck, which is probably out by the time this episode gets released or very close to it. Uh, it's the first lineup of the band i think christy of course but dave alvin bill bateman from the blasters john doe dj Bonebreak from x steve berlin who played in plugs blasters los lobos and julia or sorry julie christensen uh who was married to christy for a while and was in the divine horseman is also on the album so looking forward to that one yep uh the Callas with lee ronaldo they're a Greek band, and they did this album called Trouble and Desire with Lee Ronaldo. Sonic Youth fans would eat it right up. It's uh, it's really good. It's on Dirty Water Records. Uh, BC35, we've mentioned a ton. That's the Martin BC Project, which is really good. Tone Scientists. Do you know what that is, Ryan? Yeah, it's that Record Store Day single that Watt is on that came out that I still can't get. Yeah, Bucky Pope from the Tar Babies and what yeah i still want it <laughs> <laughs> mazzy star they released a new ep this year that's david roback who was in opal yeah and gary lee connor from the screaming trees has a really good album called unicorn curry really reminds me of a band i mentioned called the bevis frond it's a lot like that it's really good psychedelic rock now what about wasn't there a paul rossler record or project that came out this year as well too i don't want to forget that one mm, there might have been sorry if i'm if i'm forgetting to mention it if i am forgetting to mention any please let us know oh one more thing i should mention uh henry rollins has come out again uh with a with a new vocal track he's on the william shatner christmas christmas album called shatner claws <laughs> thanks for thanks for making sure we all get that one yeah we should probably get to to slovenly, hey? Yeah, well, that's a great uh, that's a great list. Lots of great stuff to check out. Great music still keeps getting made, no matter what people say. Oh yeah, it was an amazing and, year. Uh, yeah, and there is uh, there's lots more to dig into on SST. So let's get back at her with uh, history lesson part one. History lesson part one. Okay, Ryan, so I'm going to lay some shit on you here. I've been talking to Steven Anderson, who was the singer in Slovenly, and I got a bunch of information from him, so some of the stuff I'm going to be 
laying on you right now came from him mixed in with some stuff that I found. Right on. Okay, so Steve had known this guy Bruce Lawson on and off since elementary school, and they'd reconnected in high school amid the burgeoning punk rock scene. They saw a flag with Keith Morris, which he listed as a highlight, at the Hong Kong Cafe, and he and Bruce decided to start a band on a lark. And Bruce had been playing drums for about five min five months. And Bruce met Scott. That's Scott Zeigler. Uh, who went to the same school, and he'd been playing guitar for about six months. And uh, so Bruce and Scott would play what what's, uh, Steve calls incoherent music while he watched. And he says the improvement was swift and surprising, and one day while it was happening, Steve started talking slash screaming into an old cassette recorder, and it sounded good, and things just took off from there. They practiced a lot, writing songs and playing parties, they couldn't find a permanent bass player, but Bruce knew Tom Watson, who played guitar, and agree- he agreed to play bass uh, whenever they needed it. And uh, from time to time, also, David Nolte from The Last played bass for them. So they were called Toxic Shock at that time. And uh, their first show, which had Tom on bass, was at a small bar in Pedro called Capone's, opening for Sacron Trust and the Minutemen. And Steve calls it a wonderful, surreal dream for a 16-year-old. And Toxic Shock recorded two songs, one of which, Sensationalism, is on that Happy Squid album, Keats Rides a Harley. And if you have the CD version of that, the other track, Fat, is on the on the, the CD version as a bonus track. So yep. check that out. Toxic Shock was was the name of the band. And shortly after that, they start, this is a, common story you hear from a lot of these bands that really progressed quickly they started getting wary of the typical punk scene and sound and started branching out they got more experimental and and complex toxic shock basically dissolved but they kept playing together and at some point they met tim plowman and rob holtzman through tom watson and they'd all been playing in a band called the jetsons together who were kind of active at the same time as Toxic Shock. I couldn't find anything on the Jetsons, though. Uh, but when Rob Holtzman came in, he had... If you're remembering, Ryan, Rob Holtzman played on Pagan Icons by Saccharin Trust. Yep. And after he left Saccharin Trust, he replaced Bruce in uh, Toxic Shock slash Slovenly. I thought it would be Toxic shock slash slovenly pete right well i'll get to that all right so there was what steve calls a strange gestation period uh, from the dissolution of toxic shock and the birth of slovenly that he says there was a lot of motion geographically and otherwise tim plowman met lynn johnson a genuinely and fascinatingly eccentric person who would play on many of our recordings. That's from Steve. He played reeds, French horn, violin. Tim Plowman moved to Holland to study electronic music at the Institute of Sonology in Holland. And the following year, Tom Watson went there also, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah. Uh, Steve had some family in Hawaii and went there for a while. But the core group was always jamming, creating, and staying in touch. 
It was either in 82 or 83 when everyone got back and started jamming at Tom's house. During one jam, Steve didn't have any lyrics and picked up a book and started singing the words. The name of the book was Slovenly Peter. It's a German children's story written by a psychiatrist that tells stories about what happens to children when they misbehave. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like a, uh, it sounds like a, a, a book that they would, uh, that the Schrute family would read on, <laughs> on the office, hey? Yeah, totally. Yeah, well, <laughs> according to Steve, it's actually pretty brutal were the words he used. And apparently there's a book of the, ver- uh, a, a version of, bo- of the book translated by Mark Twain. Whoa, but, that would be cool. Yeah, but because of copyright issues, it wasn't published until 25 years a- after Mark Twain's death in 1935. Was it published under Mark Twain's name? Yeah. Or I, yeah, I, I guess everything is eventually put under Mark Twain's name, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mine. So Heinrich Hoffmann is the dude's name who wrote it in 1845. The German name for the book is Der Strommenpeter. <laughs> <laughs> and also in the in the book, there's this fable about, uh, it's called The Story of Cruel Frederick. And that's a band that Lynn oh. jo- that's a band that Lynn Johnson would later play in that we're going to get to way later. It came yeah, out yeah. on SST, kind of a free jazz thing. The birth of the cruel. Yeah. And within a couple of years, they dropped the Peter and just became slovenly. Uh, Steve says we played mostly dive bars and small clubs. He lists he listed a bunch, but I picked out the ones that I knew: the Vex Club Lingerie, Anti Club, where they played. Uh, shows with bands like the Minutemen, Swa, Black Flag, Alternatives, who we'll be getting to pretty quickly here. Uh, they also played with Fishbone, uh, the Jesus Mary- and Mary Chain. Later on, they played with Pearl Jam. And around 1984, they released an EP on New Alliance Records. It's New Alliance Records 19, and the uh, EP's called Even So. And it's Steve Anderson, Lynn Johnson on sax, keyboards and tape tim plowman scott zeigler and tom watson on guitars and bass they don't really distinguish who plays what they kind of just all get listed rob holtzman on drums and shortly after that again in 1984 they released a full-length album called after the original style which was new alliance records 20 same lineup steve gets credited for bass on that one and some guy named garrett griffin is on guitar for a few tracks. And there's a song on there called Inside Watch, which was recorded in Holland in March of 84. Like a tape loop kind of a thing. It's really cool. Yep. Yep, I've got those. And then they uh, they put out, um, I think they put out three releases on New Alliance before their first on SST because they've got that single New, uh, New Alliance number 27 plug. Yeah. Lynn doesn't play on that one, but it's the same lineup. And I listened to all of those before this. Did you listen to them? Oh, oh yeah, I've got them. Yeah. They're I've. I mean, I'm a big like the Fall and Wire and uh, like fan and Joy Division and all those bands. And so when I got into those bands, I also stumbled upon Slovenly. So I've had their stuff forever, and uh, those records are near and dear to me. Yeah, they're really good. And not a huge departure from the one that we're going to be talking about right away here. Definitely, they had their sound dialed, I would say. Oh, yeah. And I and I mean, 
well, we'll talk about it in history lesson part two about the stuff that I really like about them. Yeah. But I really like that you're able to, you, you know, we're able to get this information because there's not a lot written down by about slovenly in uh, in the books, right? Yeah. Like um, the best book that I could find uh, a good write up on them was uh, in the Ira Robbins Trouser Press books. Oh yeah, there's uh, a good blurb in there and on their their uh, subsequent band Overpass. There's some good blurbs in there, but it's like it's not in not mentioned anywhere in the Rollins Fanatic series in Rock and Rock and the Pop Narcotic. They're kind of just given a couple of passing mentions, but no actual information. Hmm. Um, not in MC Strong's The Great Indie Discography at all, as as far as I can f- see. Um, not also not in Andrew Earle's uh, Gimme Indie Rock. And by the way, Andrew, what better reason to put out a second top five hundred? Maybe may make it a full thousand. Um, but to add slovenly and some other bands that we're going to cover on this show. I love Andrew's book. I would love it if it was a top thousand. I'll just put in a plug there. And uh, so, yeah, it's great to get that info because you can't find that stuff anywhere. No, you you really can't. Uh, So they moved to San Francisco in 85, and they played venues like the I-Beam, the Mobway, the Stone, and they played with Soundgarden, Primus, Meat Puppets, Minutemen, Firehose, Onkst, The Dicks, Celebrity Skin, which we've mentioned a few times. They played with Rollins Band, Gone, Sister Double Happiness. I've got some stuff on kind of the the core members of the band here. Scott Zeigler, he went on to, to release an album called Dingle. Or the band was, sorry, the band was called Dingle. The album's called Red Dog. It came out in 1994 on, on New Alliance. On New Alliance, yep, I've got that. Way later, New Alliance 110. Way, this is like when Greg Ginn owned it. Ginn plays on that album, actually. As does Lynn Johnston, Johnston, Tim Plowman, Steve Anderson sings on it and plays bass and guitar. And unfortunately, Scott passed away around 2004. But if anybody wants to hear that uh, Dingle album, you can find it on YouTube. I, I listened to it while I was writing these notes, and it's really interesting record it's kind of all over the place it's got some found sounds on it it's got some weirdo jazz it's really good uh rob holtzman i mentioned already played on pagan pagan icons uh, he also played briefly in d boone's hammer down if d boone would have lived i'm sure there would have been a, a hammer down album it's something i think he he talked about doing he was the second drummer in the band vita with des cadena and tom tricoli Bill Bauman was also in that band, Vita, who's in The Farmers now with George Hurley, who played drums on the Vita album. And uh, Tony Cicero was the first drummer on that Vita record. What else? Tom Watson, he plays in uh, Watts Missing Men now. Uh, He played on a number of Red Crayola albums, along with George Hurley in the 90s. And all three of those guys, Tom Watson, Rob Holtzman, and Scott Zeigler, were in uh, the band Overpass, who you mentioned, Ryan. And they released two amazing albums in the early 90s on uh, New Alliance Records. The self-titled one, New Alliance Records 105 in 1993, and Manhattan Beach in 1994 on Steve Shelley's Smells Like Records label. Yeah, I, well, I thought you... I thought for some reason I heard you suggest that Manhattan Beach was on New Alliance, but no, it was done by then. But both of those records are great. I agree. Yeah. 
Uh, Tim Plowman played on the Cruel Frederick album that I already mentioned. He also played in a band called Mushroom, which is like this Bay Area collective psychedelic band. Uh, Cream of Mushroom is an album I would recommend by them. Wait a second. There's a there's a band called Mushroom, and their album is called Cream of Mushroom. You bet. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Lynn Johnston has an album under his own name. It's called First We Feel. It, it's got a Pettibone cover, Ryan, so I was wondering if you have that one because you collect Pettibone. Lynn Johnston? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think I have it. There no. You, there you go. Something for you to track down. He played a bunch. Is it, on, is it on CD or vinyl, though? It's on vinyl. I think vinyl only, I'm assuming. CD only. CD only, okay. Yeah, that's why I only... I, I kind of, whenever I stumble across any Pettibone cover, but only on vinyl, I usually buy that. Gotcha. I haven't seen this one, but I'll check it out. Uh, he played with Eugene Chadbourne a bunch. That's basically, slovenly, they did a tour with Firehose in 86, probably around the time that this album came out, and we're going to be getting to the first Firehose album right away. They called Ooh, it, they That called would have it, been a great bill. Yeah, they called it the Haircut Tour. And I've t- got the shirt. You I've d- got the shirt. Awesome. <laughs> they toured again in 87 with Firehose on the James Worthy Tour, which is a great t- name for a tour. And that one was way longer than what they went all the way out to the East Coast together. That's that's what I have for History Lesson Part 1. Do you want to lo- move on to History Lesson Part 2 and talk about the album? Yeah, let's get to the record. History Lesson Part 2. Okay, I'm just gu- I'm going to give you a few more facts here, Ryan that I got from from Steve before you and I kind of share our own thoughts. Uh, the title of the album comes from a Raven, Raymond Carver poem, and one of our listeners, who's also done some stuff for our blog, Jeff Shrek, asked me to ask Steve that question. He's also a big Slovenly fan. The poem's called Morning, Thinking of Empire, and Steve really recommends uh, Raymond Carver's short stories, uh, both he and Tim Plowman were reading uh, Raymond Carver a lot at the time. The lyrics for this are really like poetry, so there's definitely oh, yeah. an influence there. We'll get into this a bit more, but it, w- it was recorded at the Music Lab in April of 86, which w- is located in Silver Lake. It was obviously recorded by Spot. Yeah, we keep saying, you know, when is the last Spot record? Maybe this is it. It might be. I was thinking of that because at one point I had been chatting with, this is on one of the episodes, I had been, probably a DC3 one, I had been chatting with Joe Carducci and he said, it's a spot recording, but not his last for SST. And I remember saying at the at the time, I, I looked ahead and I couldn't find another spot recording on the label. Well, here is one. And it's a great, a great recording to it. I wrote it down. It does sound good. I, it might be the best spot recording. Yeah, it's really good. It's a real even sounding record. Yeah. Here's something that could probably lead us into talking about the album, Ryan. Steve listed off some musical influences. So why don't I... He, he listed a ton. I didn't write them all down. But I wrote down some. He lists the first two Devo records. The first four Talking Heads. Perubu, The Fall... He says, I'd stop after Room to Live. <laughs> he says, Minutemen, of course. Those are his words. Yeah. Joy, yeah. Joy Division, Gang of Four. He says, The Singles and the First LP. 
Television, The First Killing Joke, Craftwork, uh, The First Three Public Image Limited, Swell Maps, Feelies Magazine, Meat Puppets, uh, Urinals Early Singles, Eno, yep. John Cale, who, this is a quote from Steve, whose solo records are so much better than Lou Reed's. They are really good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Beefheart, Roxy Music. He listed a whole bunch more, but those are just the ones that, that I picked out. None of those surprise me. Yeah. They all make sense. They all make total sense when you listen to this record. I, and not because so it's too. not because it's derivative, but you can tell that these guys, you know, were were listening to stuff, you know, that was uh local, like, you know, the Pedro bands and whatnot that they mentioned, LA bands, but also the stuff from across the pond that was what I would what I would call like you mentioned earlier, way earlier in the podcast, you know, overused term post punk, but like the true first wave of post punk, those bands. Um, no surprise that that's what these guys were listening to for me. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, definitely. You can hear, you know, that they were listening to that stuff and trying to go in a more experimental direction, which they nailed for sure. With I mean, their own sound too. Oh, their totally own their own sound. So yeah. I think we've mentioned this blog post a few times before, but Dave Lang, uh, Perfect Sound Forever. I really liked yep. some of the stuff he wrote about this this band. He listed them in their in his Secret Gems slash Lost Nuggets portion of the blog, which I definitely agree with. Yeah. He says, one cannot go past slovenly. Well, one could, but one shouldn't. This is because everything they've re- released is an unheralded classic. They released a string of stunning, evocative, and highly individual records that still amaze today. There is truly no other band that sounds like Slovenly. There's no way you can truly describe Slovenly. They're like a mixture of the avant-garde, roots rock, and intellectualizing melodrama. Sheer genius. Wow. He says... Well, he, he nails it. Yeah, he says about Steve's... Steve Anderson's vocals, the deadpan Steve Anderson delivers his sermons of love and woe. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, Steve's vocals often get written off as like trying to sound like Ian Curtis. Oh, and I, yeah, I read that a few times. Like I didn't, I didn't think that at all. Oh, I didn't. I mean, I don't think that, um, he's got his own sound and it, and it works. But I can see, I can see why someone would say that and write it off for that reason, and it's their loss. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he's not a good singer in the in the traditional sense, but I mean, like he's perfect for slovenly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And great lyrics too. I wrote down a few like interruptions as a track on here. My shy, deluded optimism, the oversight of treachery and all its entailments. It took me so long just to write this down. <laughs> and another, just another quick lyric I pulled out from a song called Sand. Uh, Within my own realization, I've always been astounded. Well-intentioned dialect breeding sleeping prospects. Very poetic lyrics. Yeah. We want to go through the tracks? Yeah. One more thing I want to say about this album, just in general, before we get into the tracks, is it's very clear to see why the Minutemen liked this and put them out on New Alliance and why Greg Ginn added them to SST. It's 
defines like the SST sound for sure, like you said in the yeah. intro. Oh yeah, exactly. There's this is this is the epitome of SST. This type of band, this type of record. Yeah. It's awesome. And I should say, like, they were really not on my radar much at all. And this album, like, the first time I listened to it was just to prepare for this podcast, if I'm being honest. And I could tell right away there was something there, but it took me more listens than any other album to really let it seep in. Like, it's yeah. a, it's like a really challenging listen, in a way. For me, it, for me, it was anyways. Yeah. Know. Well, I mean, this isn't a record that I've had, like, since I was a teenager. I got it probably in my 20s. And so when it had been out for 10 years or so, and... Uh, it wasn't something that snagged me right off the bat either. It, yeah. it was a number of, it was when I had a much smaller, you know, pile of records. And so it was like, well, I might as well listen to this one again. And then eventually it just kind of went boom. Yeah. And you get it right. Do you want to take us through the, through the tracks? Sure. I mean, it's interesting. I, I've, the thing that I had never done before is actually like parse out the tracks when listening to this record. And it was a little, felt a little, a little forced actually to do that for me. But, um, let's go through it and we'll try it. Um, so movement is a great first track. There's actually a video for this one. Oh, really? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's movement hmm. or there's some sort of, weird like uh footage i guess of them doing the song uh, like on a pier okay i don't i don't know if you uh i didn't but this would be a good one to kind of release as a single i suppose yeah it's it's like of them out on a pier and there's like an ocean in the background and so it's it's kind of a interesting video i it kind of works hmm. um but when you talk about how it's no surprise that the Minutemen liked these guys, there's elements of like Ed from Ohio guitar on this record for me totally. every now and then. And no surprise that they toured with Firehose. Anyways, yeah. movement is a great, a great uh, starting track for the record. Yeah. I wrote great opener. Uh, the first thing that really hits you is like, I really like the hard panned guitars left and right. It kind of yeah. makes it really interesting makes the the guitar interplay it really highlights it you know they really play yep. well together and it's it's interesting they have three i it doesn't list who's playing bass on each song so no you can't tell and i've got the lyric sheet in here and i was just looking at that and the credits are not broken down yeah in any more any more detail same with on the actual like the label well the, ba the uh, bass playing is really consistent so and it, whoever it is is playing with their fingers to my ear so i wouldn't be surprised if it's one of those guys doing most of the bass playing yeah oh and i love the bass on this record yeah it's really good yeah oh i love it i yeah. love it um and, it, and in fact the next track give him a sip because his mind's mess messed up yeah um that for me has kind of Watt-esque bass and there's there's um, melodic runs throughout the whole record that uh, are reminiscent of Watt for me. Yeah, uh, This one's cool though, the horns on it are very cool. I gotta say something else about the track movement though. 
Oh, okay. Yep. It was driving me nuts what song it reminded me of, and the opening guitar lick really sounds like John Coltrane's Stereo Blues by the Dream Syndicate. It was dri- oh, it was okay. driving me insane trying to figure out what song it reminded me of, and then it just just hit me <laughs> one day. What's the name of the song? John Coltrane's Stereo Blues. Okay. By yeah. the Dream Syndicate. Yeah. Okay, right on. Do you have anything to say about Give Him a Sip? Well, I wrote, you can really hear the Watt influence on the bass playing. <laughs> I wrote, all played with fingers, question mark. Uh, and I wrote, be nice to know who played on what. Like, yeah. And Lynn is playing bass, clarinet, and French horn on this one, and it, it really adds something to the song. It's, yeah, it's I like track. it. Next track is Sand, which is kind of a slow ditty, and you mentioned some of the lyrics uh, kind of grabbed you from that one. Yeah. To me, it's got a bit of a gun club vibe to it. A little bit. Maybe just because they're playing with a slide. Uh, Yeah. Again, I love the way the guitars are mixed with the bass right up the middle. It really highlights the guitar interplay for me. Next track is Distended, which is a standout for me on the album. Yeah. It's uh, always been a favorite for me. Yeah, it's a bit mellower song. It's got some more melody in it than some of the other songs. There's some acoustic guitars in it I picked out. Uh, I loved the opening riff. Whenever When I listen to this album, and I wrote this down for this song, I hear other bands that came later in these songs, but it's really hard to place them sometimes. You know, bands that may have been directly or indirectly influenced by Slovenly. So what... What era is that Dream Syndicate song, before or after? Probably same time. Okay. Not after, before, maybe. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Um, the next track is Diminished Ideal. And here again, we hear some clarinet and I think some violin. Yep. Uh, the bass almost played plays lead on this song. And it definitely plays like the melody of the song, and there's the, whoever's playing it is playing some bar chords. Yeah, I have uh, my note for that. This track is awesome bass with three exclamation points. <laughs> I just kept on here. I'm like, yeah, that's so good. Anyways, um, this is the big tree closes out the record, uh, or this side, I should say, and it's an intro and. It reminds me of some D Boone type isms now and then. Yeah, for sure. And it's a it's a great closer for side one. Yeah, there's a Minutemen riff to open the song up. I wrote, and I hear a Meat Puppets influence on this one. Yeah, some puppets for sure. Meat Puppets did a lot of instrumentals too, though, so that might have something to do with it. All right, flip it over, and we start off with Cartwheels of Glory. And again, my only notes are awesome bass. Yeah. Well, I wrote it's interesting that they closed side one with an instro and opened side two with an instro, which Cartwheels of yeah. Glory is. You know what it made? It's interesting. Like, I was thinking about this. I wonder if I'm happy or not about only ever having this on vinyl. Because if I had this on CD only, then. There wouldn't be kind of the physical flipping. Yeah, I don't think it ever came out on CD. It's just LP and cassette. 
Yep. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Sure. Well, there you go. It kind of it kind of makes sense that it's only on vinyl or cassette then to flip it over at yeah. the instro. What I liked about Cartwheels of Glory is I love instrumentals where the title conjures an appropriate image. Yeah. Like Shadowy Men on a Shadowy Planet were always really great at that. Yeah. Yeah. So, they don't they don't call them Chihuahuas anymore. Yeah. So cool song. <laughs> Um, all right, at C. Great uh, second track on side B. Lots of slide guitar. It works. Yeah. Uh, there's some backwards guitar I picked out during the intro. Great lyrics. Uh, Steve's singing is well, really good. Is that, is that backwards guitar or slide guitar? I think there's some backwards guitar, but I could be wrong. Oh, maybe, it, maybe I've been hearing slide guitar all along, yeah. and it's not. Okay. It's got a very killer guitar solo on it. It's, yeah. It's a very melodic solo. Yeah, I just like the name at C. Yeah. It remind I mean it makes sense for uh these bands who all kind of grew up and played on the coast, right? Yeah. Um next track is Inattention. What do you have for that one? Opens with a tape being run backwards at high speed. I wrote, I hear Mission of Burma in a lot of this stuff, and maybe it's like the tape manipulation thing is just tricking me into thinking it's Burma-esque, but that's what I wrote. Hmm. Hey, speaking of Mission of Burma, I should have mentioned this earlier, but you know that um, new-ish Roger Miller band, Trinary System? Yeah. They got a LP coming out oh. with a can cover on it, which I thought you would like. Oh, wow. Well, yeah. have to watch for that. You betcha. 2019 is going to be a gooder. Uh, Interruptions is the next track. And uh, I always liked Inattention and Interruptions kind of back-to-back. -back. Yeah. I think they, uh, they work together in a unexpected way, I guess, is what I would say. Yeah. This one I kind of thought was maybe a bit of an epic. It's a standout for me. Uh, the part that I would call the chorus of the song is really great. Um, it's The opening is very Minutemen-esque. Uh, this song has a lyric called "After Analysis" that says, After analysis and after the original style that I picked out. Because after the original style is the name of their other full-length album. Yeah. All right, then we go to On the Beach, which is a really catchy tune. Yeah keeps you interested near the end of the record for sure yeah i wrote interesting off-kilter song uh steve also mentioned neil young as an influence which i don't really hear but uh on the beach is a great neil young album so maybe that's some neil young influence <laughs> is, that, is that that neil young album that was like wasn't really released or was had really low distribution or no, something like that no it came out probably after tonight's the night around that era okay yeah i thought there was one album that he put out that just didn't get distribution or something like that and they re-released it about five years ago and mm. people went crazy for it human highway maybe maybe that's the one but isn't that a movie yep there's a soundtrack to it as well okay yeah ah, there's a there's a bunch of stuff he recorded around that time that didn't didn't come out Okay. 
Yeah. I don't. I don't really do Neil Young. Anyways, that's unfortunate. Uh, <laughs> last track of the album, "Bleached," for me closes out the record perfectly. Yeah, it's got some French horn, some nice natural sounding echo on the guitar. The thing I liked about this this kind of echoing guitar that's repeating throughout the song is it repeats this lick like over and over, but the lick changes in a very slight way that I noticed that was really interesting to me. Uh, another standout track for me. I love the French horn at the end, and it's a good way to end the album. So who does tape manipulation in bands these days? Who does that? Does I, anyone do that? I don't know. Seems like a bit of a lost art. Like Burma did it. These guys. Who does that now? I'd be interested to check out a band that has some tape manipulation going on. I have a question hmm. for you, Ryan. Yeah, man. What would you rate this album out of 10? Like, <laughs> compared to the rest of SST the rest of the SST catalog? Oh, man. Is it like a 7 out of 10 or higher? Uh, you know, there are some albums by some bands on SST that are 8s and 9s and 10s. Yep. And this is... This is... I, I really have loved this album for probably close to... Nah, not 20 years. Probably 15 years. It's not an eight. It's a it's a seven for me. There's still there's still like a like a ton that are like eight nines and tens, you know. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think? I I'd put it at about a seven, but like yeah, maybe a seven and a half. Can we give half points? Uh, well, if we're making this up as we go, <laughs> and you're putting me on the spot, and I said a seven, and you're saying a seven and a half, I will agree with you on seven and a half. Okay. Yeah, but it, it's like it's solid. You can't. Yeah. It's it's actually just like what Dave Lang said. It's a shame if you miss it. It's a solid album. I put it in the same kind of category as Angst, actually. As as like a or like Sacred Trust, maybe. Yeah. Well, in for the same reason, almost is that like I actually think Sacred Trust might be better known than Slovenly. Yeah. But. Uh, I mean, I I feel like Slovenly and Angst are kind of peers in a in a way, and yeah. I like them for the same reason. And uh, and their their records are all like about a seven for me yeah. for the same reason. Well, that's kind of what I'm saying. I mean, if like I against I and you oh, know, more du- than a and seven. double nickels are like nines and tens. Yes, this is exactly. this is in the mix for as a really good album. Yes. I guess oh, that, yeah. that's the point I'm trying to make, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, good point. Okay. We should, uh, <laughs> we, should, uh, we should mention as well the cover art. Yeah, I have a little thing from Steve about that. Okay, go for it. Uh, the cover art is by Paloma Diaz Abrev. Probably getting that wrong. She was a friend and... Yeah, because I think it's uh, a brew. Oh, okay. Yeah, I probably wrote that down wrong. Friend of a longtime roommates of Tim's, is what Steve said. All right, you want some run-out grooves? Well, what I just wrote something down about the cover. I said it looks like a looks like a fox sticking his tongue out, wearing glasses on the end of his nose, 
that was drawn <laughs> drawn with a jiffy marker and then painted on top of. I could be completely wrong about that, but that's what I see. And there's some flies buzzing around, and there's a scrap of paper on the floor in front of the fox. The fox is kind of laying down, and the scrap of paper says "Ah" on it, A-H. And you can see her signature on the cover too, Paloma Diaz. Yep. I mentioned it was produced by Spot and Slovenly. Assistant engineer Andre Jackson, we should get his name in there. I think that's all I have to mention. What What's the dead wax looks look like? Well, it's uh, it's partially in German, I think. Ah, maybe it's out of that so, book. Maybe. It says, Wiege jur Ramschirfart und das. And then it says, Flash Lantern Titanic. That's side A. Okay. And then B says, The darkest hour is always before pizza. Hmm. And I couldn't agree more with that. Maybe those are those are some words of warning from Der Stroman Peter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. All right, ballot result? Yeah. Ballot result. Ryan, for the very first episode of 2019, I'm going to yeah. I'm going to be very gracious and allow you to pick the ballot result without any protest. Well, I'll tell you what my picks are, but yeah, you can pick All right, it. Right, go. No, no, no. No, tell no, you your... you get to pick it. No, what, no. Whatever whatever. No, because you're just you're just going to say that's nice, but here are the better songs, Ryan. No, no. So it, it's com- it's completely subjective on this one. <laughs> you go ahead, you pick. I would pick Distended. That's uh that's the one that makes my hair stand up every single time. Done. Sure. I can go with that. I I liked Movement. And I liked the instrumental, This is the Big Tree, and I liked Interruptions. But every song on here is really good. So we can do that one. Yeah. It really works as an album, start to finish. It's an album album. It's great. Whew. I hope everybody listened to this episode long enough to hear that. I feel (laughs) like we've been going on for quite some time. This might be our longest episode yet. We don't even have a guest. What's next week, Ryan? Next week is, uh, it's it's a little bittersweet. It's SST68. It's the Minutemen double LP ballot result. Looking forward to that one. And hey, thanks everybody who stuck with us over the break and got caught up on all the older episodes. And uh, hopefully you're all up and ready to go. We're going to try and keep keep this thing going every week in 2019. So stick around. Stick with us. Hey everyone, thanks for listening. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, all at Mojack Pod. We post all kinds of info and tons of pictures of the bands and albums we discuss on the show. Our blog is mojackpod.com. Please check it out for some exclusive content. If you like what we do and want to support the podcast, the best way to do that is to tell your friends about the show. Subscribing, rating, and reviewing on iTunes is also appreciated. We love hearing your opinions, corrections, and feedback, so feel free to post on our social media sites and send us an email to mojackpod at gmail.com. Thanks again for all the support, and we hope to see you next week.